Do it a little faster. Uh, you still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the, the Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business, and explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Hi. Hello. Hello. Oh, let me lift my mic up since yours is up. How you doing, Sheila? I'm well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, some of my updates are... I have been trying to... I've, I've been writing some and like sitting with myself and returning back to trying to um, get a rein or get my life how would you say this? Feel like my life is in my reins, that I got, I have some control. I feel like it's very easy for things to um, get away from me. I feel like to-do list tasks, work, Sable, Around the Way Curls, Jolie will like have me going every which way if I'm not um, becoming the controller of them and being a little bit more intentional about what my priorities are. So I was writing, I wrote down what my priorities are and I've been using them as a means to mapping out my week. Like I'll have my list of things that I need to do or I think I need mm. to do and then I'll put it and I'll map out my week and then I'll kind of like look at both and see if my priorities are being acknowledged and centered. And in doing that, and my priorities being around the way curl, Sable, Jolie, and me having some time to myself. And in in real and being really intentional and being really realistic about the things that I can manage in one day. It's dawned on me that for real, for real, I can do about three things, productive things in a day and being okay with that and what reconditioning. You, what qualifies as productive? Um, like a task, like to, to do, like um, the P&Ls for Around the Way Curls, mm -hmm. um, the outlines, you know, making sure I've taken pictures for a sable, da, 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 da. And in the past, like I would put an, a crazy to-do list and never consider like, is jo is Jolie time with Jolie in, in that list? Like how much time am I gonna spend with her? Did you take a moment? Is it included in your week list to like walk around, you know, have absolutely nothing to do? And it's been really helpful and it's been really eye-opening and so much emotional space has been spent in the past feeling um unfulfilled in a lot of ways feeling really run ragged feeling a lot of guilt feeling a lot of shame because I can never complete the thing that's on my list and also the things that I care about the most often feel like I'm, I'm not fulfilling it and I feel like a failure but in kind of resetting and and creating um 
a schedule that feels a lot more open and like I'm like testing it mm. more than I'm um, using it as like a, a manual that I have to follow. It's like, all right, this didn't work. This didn't work. But it's 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 been good. And it's also eye opening that there's about three things that I can actually do in a day and do it well and give it my full attention compared to like six or seven that I've been trying to do in the past. And that feels good. And um, I've been keeping up with my yoga and my mantras. And mantras. I hate mantras. I hate that people say that. I've actually been hearing that a lot. So I just said that to get on my really? own Really? But mantras? I can't believe that people actually come out their mouth seriously and say mantras. Like I've what? never heard that. You've never heard that? No. Oh, mantras? Anyway, I've been um, in this. I told you about her in the past. Check her out. Yogini in Melbourne. It's a 30-day um, yoga schedule that she offers for you. But at the start of the month, she asks you to create your, mm, what is the name of that? I wish I knew the Sanskrit name, but it's basically like your intention. And so you sit for like a minute and you repeat your intention. And I've been trying to apply that to my life. And my intention is I am focused. Um, I'm doing the best that I can. And I have compassion for myself and so coupling those priorities and this new schedule with like throughout the day remembering that when I feel overwhelmed or I feel like I'm failing or something dropped the ball blah 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 has been really it's been really nice so I'll let you know how it's working for me it's it's I guess the first week of coupling both of those together but how are you? I'm fine. I am still reading um, this here flesh and loving it. It's serving as like a devotional where it's something that I, by the end of, by the time I'm done reading it, I have so many things underlined and like, you know, asterisks and shit like that, that by the time I'm done, I probably will just keep it out so that when I pick it up, whatever is underlined or whatever, you know, like whatever's mm -hmm. there is enough. It's like, you know, people have daily devotionals and things mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm, I feel like mm -hmm. it will eventually serve as that for me. And I was talking to my homegirl, Nana, about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, I bought it. And I was like, for real? She said, yeah, I saw it on your stories. I was like, okay, cool. So she's going to read it too. But I was just like, re she was came over my house and I was reading her excerpts from it. And telling her and kind of like working through where did like my faith and my practice uh, diminish? Like where along the way was it, was it something that I lost, I guess lost touch with. And I know that I became really disinterested in religion, in organized religion, not necessarily God when the whiteness of God became apparent to me, because again, I went to like a Catholic church and they were not very welcoming towards my father. It was very evident and it was a large church, like large and it was boring and dry. And it was just, it was full of, um, it was full of guilt and shame. Mm. Child and Catholics. 
<laughs> no, sorry. I'm, I'm talking about this specific church, not Catholicism in general. I just want to make that clear. But this specific church didn't lend itself to a child, a mixed child trying to figure things out, who also had a lot of very um, diverse friends growing up who didn't believe the same things. You know, like my homegirl was Jehovah's Witness. My best friend was Hindu. Like, I, it just was like, they're not going to hell. So there was a lot of question, but there's a quote and, and I was thinking a lot about what Yaba Blay said on the on the live that she did with um, Noel Arthur Riley, the author. And she's Yaba actually said, "I haven't forgiven Jesus," mm. and that like whoo stunned me. I was like, "Whoa!" She said it, and she doesn't mean Jesus like actual Jesus. She means the character of Jesus, the portrayal mm. of Jesus, mm-hmm. the white, the whiteness eyed, of Jesus. Wow. She's like, "I go home, and this shit has wreaked havoc on my people. I see mm. the effects mm. of this all the time, and." It's painful and it makes me angry and I have not forgiven him, the character. So there's a passage in in the book that says, it takes time to undo the whiteness of God. When I speak of whiteness, I'm referring not to the mere existence of a person in a particular body. I'm referring to the historic systematic, excuse me, I'm restoring to the historic, I'm referring to the historic systemic and sociological patterns that have oppressed, killed, abducted, abused, and discredited those who do not exist in a particular body. Whiteness is a force. Mm. And again, it's, I don't have the words, but nothing is better than when you read a book and you're like, that's what I felt. I didn't have the words. I couldn't articulate it, but that's it. And even if you asked me to articulate it without reading it again, I probably still couldn't say <laughs> and it that's like okay. That. <laughs> but I, I, it, it's been so helpful for me mm-hmm. to get back and to think like, oh, I wasn't wrong for feeling like this, and it wasn't me rejecting God; it was me rejecting the institutions, the systems, the institutions. Mm-hmm. And I always mm-hmm. knew that, but this. It's also com- really interesting to me that when my parents divorced, that's be- you didn't know me then, but they that's when I was atheist, Antoinette. When I was first riding oh, with, with Jasmine and Amanda and everybody, I was You're atheist, like, God Antoinette. is dead. I was like, God is not real. And they <laughs> were like, what? And you know how dedicated they are to Jesus, God, Christianity. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I slowly turned into agnostic Antoinette. And it wasn't until, I swear, at Freedom School, poor in life, we always had to start our start our evenings because it was evening work during the school year and it was morning work during the summer. But we always had to start whatever we were doing, pouring libations, giving an offering to the ancestors. And the fact that Cole Arthur Riley is using, again, the pathway to spirituality, like the ancestors as that pathway really resonates with me. So I just want to offer that to people. Again, I'm going to keep bothering y'all about this book because it's- I'm going to get it for Sable. It's, I can't get it. It's, it's- You can't get I, it? No, it's like it, all of the- um, Uncle Bobby's Initial has it. inventory. Sold out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really Which is good because hope she gets another reprint. I hope she, she does too. Money in her pocket. Um, Anyway, 
it's just it's just amazing. In other news, by we're recording this on February eighth. By the time this comes out, much time will have eclipsed. And I'm either going to be really elated or brokenhearted over my eagles. I just need y'all to know that if the unfortunate happens, please say a prayer for me. I will not take this well. I will be in mourning. It's very Mm. serious. I have problems that I actually don't want to fix. They're not problems. It's kind of, it's a little obsessive. The, The amount of research and that I'm doing into these Eagles players and their life stories. It makes me want them to win so much more. And it's just like, oh my God. Isn't this the first time that there's two black quarterbacks? Yes. Um, black playing? history, baby. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes, who people clown, but he, yes, he's black. He is our brethren. He is a fellow black and white person. Shout oh, out yes. to him. Yeah, you can't tell looking at his little curly hair. Girl, you know, I don't know who you're talking about, girl. Oh, you ain't even see him? You don't know who Patrick Mahomes is? Mm -mm. Oh, my God. Wow. I wonder what you do all day. Like, what occupies your, like, what's your thing? My thing is, like, sports outside of all this stuff and, like, politics. Like, what is your thing? Like, what's your thing that you're like, I got to keep up with this? Out in the world? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I wish y'all could see what she just did. <laughs> she just shook her head. I was no, like, am I fast. gonna think something fast? I don't know. I, I have you gotta have. I'm gonna, a- be, I'm gonna be more aware of it, but right now, mm, interesting. God help me if I'm gonna include it in my priorities. Create things to obsess. No, with. no, don't. If you don't have it, then that's fine. But yes. Um. So anyway, I'm I'm very invested. I want to see them win. I could go on and on about all the stories, but I won't. And then. A big shout out to Philly. John apparently is officially this made the news. That's fucking right. It's officially a word. Webster and them added it in a dictionary or whatever, and they said that it is a noun and can be used for anything I don't know that how is I a purpose. That. Pers- I feel like if you don't know how to use it, like if you don't understand the context. Good luck. So but you're thinking that they shouldn't be allowed to say it? It's just they should be. Thing. They should be allowed to say it and look it up. You can look up the definition, but also, that's something like you gotta know. Say it right too. Say when it people, right. Gotta ooh. be the right context. Don't be out here flippantly just using John. Like, well, there's a lot of there. I don't know about the right context. It just needs to be a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. That's and people it. Still don't know how to use it properly. Sound crazy. Fumble. It's not it. a verb. It's not an adjective. They what else do you need up. to know? They fuck that joint up. I know that in New York, people say it to me all the time because when I'm, I act, I actively work against saying it here because I don't want people from New York to think they can say it. <laughs> it's, it's childish. The but when they of, say it to me, I'm like, that sounds awful. That's not how you it's say terrible. it. That's what I'm saying. Like, this I don't know why it's so hard, but shout you know. out to all the Philly Johns out there. It's official. But also, should Webster qualify as us as official? Urban Dictionary been headed in there. Girl, the politics. See? The white man's gaze, the whiteness, uphold. inaction. <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, that's it. Those are all my updates. I don't have much else going on. Do you want to get into voicemails? 
Let's get into all these voicemails. Before we get into voicemails, this is just a gentle reminder for all of our listeners to rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast. It helps us get into the ears of more people and also gives us a sense of how we're doing. So I'd appreciate that. Unless you got something mean to say. I knew you was going to say that. <laughs> I was waiting oh, for you. To- <laughs> unless you guys say something that you ain't got nothing to business Mean to and about. unfounded. Shut the fuck up. All right, ready? <laughs> uh, here we go. Now, whose little cute voice was that? That that was precious. That was extremely precious. Hi, y'all. My name is Nalia Justine. I know, Internet, she was like, her name is so pretty, but I know I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing it. And I got into my Darla mode, like, please don't say my name. Please don't say my name. Of course, it was I, Nalia Justine. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I was giving y'all a call because I have literally been, like, binging your episodes on Patreon. I enjoy watching you guys live just because Shanti is a whole character. And if people aren't watching you both live to see how y'all interact visually, it's hard for them to discern and connect how, you know, the podcast is going while you all are interacting because I see comments where the people like, Antoinette, you be cutting Shanti off, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, y'all are not watching them. Y'all do not see how these women interact with each other. It is blissful. It is beautiful. It is amazing. Anyway, I was saying all that to say I am at your episode um, 200, Some Toxicity is Necessary. And I just wanted to agree with Shanti. Um, Joe Budden has ruined everyone's life. And I just feel as though a case study needs to be done on him. And all Virgo men, Virgo and Scorpio men specifically. But yeah, just wanted to touch in and tap in and say what's up. How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing good. I'm rambling. It's 2.42 in the morning. I need to be asleep. My mama texted me, asked me why I'm awake. She's in Arizona. Cursing me out because Amazon is selling Black History Month clothes, but modeling are white people. So, yeah, that's what I'm dealing with right now. But I hope you all have a happy Black History Month and continue to be amazing beings and light to the world. Good day, peace, love, and blessings. That's what. <laughs> First of all, girl, what? I love her. She might be up there with Yo-Yo now. I really appreciate her way of being. <laughs> she said it's 2.42 in the morning and my mama is texting me mad that the white people are modeling Black History or Black... <laughs> she said Black yeah. History Month clothes on Amazon. <laughs> First of all, Whiteness, the see? comment about Joe Button. When, when did, did you say, say that? I didn't. When she did said she wanted to agree with you. <laughs> Joe also, Biden I feel like cancer, it's out. the cancer men that will fuck your life up. He's a Shout out to them. Virgo, I think she said. Virgo she, men too. I would I would say Virgo and cancer. Wow. Thank you for the love. And to see it is to believe it. I think that is a good point. Maybe 
Maybe people think that we're beefing. And then if you look at us, we just really? are two jackals. Like, <laughs> hi, hi. I don't know. Um, but yeah, thank you for that voicemail. Um, I truly did appreciate it. All right. Next up. Let's see. Hi, Shanti and Antoinette. I keep calling up here. I keep saying I'm going to not do that because I don't call no other podcast, but I guess no other podcast that you call them. So I always feel super weird about it, but I love this podcast. Forget that review that y'all are annoying. Y'all don't be knowing nothing, and I just say the stuff out loud to myself because I do know. But it's okay because I love it here. Like, it's so relatable. Like, this last one where Antoinette is talking about people-pleasing. I'm trying to talk about people-pleasing with my friends and family and stuff, and a lot of people don't think that I have that in me, and I do. And to hear someone else express it, and shout out to you for really, like, not doing it, that's just beautiful. I love that to hear y'all talk about what I what I heard on this, your projection on me, and that's effed up. Um, I heard hyper-independence, which is also something that I struggle with, like, Ain't nobody coming to save me. Ain't nobody coming to help me. So I'm going to figure it out on my own. Um, all this stuff, like, I don't know. And I just be calling up here like we friends. Like, hey, y'all, I really felt that. So, and I just want to always tell y'all how much I enjoy the show. Um, I just love everything that y'all talk about. And you do in the there. So keep doing a good job. I'm going to keep calling and not saying my name because, I don't know, maybe I just really feel weird about that. Is that projecting? I don't know. But I love y'all. Y'all do a great (laughs) job. And this is great. Forget that review. (laughs) Not Mm -hmm. y'all. Right after we, Joe, they're going to be like, why was they complaining? People like them. Oops. Tricky. Well, that was nice. I think I, hyper, what'd she say? Hyper individualism or hyper independence? Oh, yeah. I've heard that that's a thing. Yeah. I heard that too. Ain't nobody that coming to save me. Thank you. Yeah. Ain't nobody coming to save us. Damn it. But also, how, we, also how do we say that? <laughs> exactly. Is, also, community is life, but ain't nobody support. coming to save us. Huh? I don't know. I think the hyper is the part that we need to pay attention to. That's where we get into trouble because that's like, it's the antithesis of what we really talk about and, and probably what we need, but also ain't nobody coming to save us. Duality, more questions than answers. Complicated, (laughs) muddied. Blurred but also like that's is that true that's not true people showed up for you you know like no i think of course no community can help with support resources encouragement helping you to see yourself bigging you up speaking life into you but it's your work to like see your value and and just like you were sharing in the last uh, the episodes before like not people pleasing and like doing that internal work is like nobody mm. nobody can make you see your value stand up nobody for yourself. can do the work for you nobody Got can it. save you in that way okay heard you 
All right. Two more. Hey, John T. Hey, Internet. I just wanted to speak to the episode uh, you're projecting on me. Um, towards the end of the episode, y'all got into some really good dialogue about being aware of how you project onto people. Um, and, Internet, you made a really good point about um, having the mental capacity to realize that you're um, in an abusive situation or to realize, like, what's causing you to project. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, and, and I share a lot on social media, so y'all may have seen this. This is Yo-Yo's Plants. Um, but I recently quit my job because for two years I was in an abusive work relationship with my boss. Um, mm-hmm. He spoke to me in ways that made me feel very small, and it was mm-hmm. breaking me. Like, it was breaking me every single day. It was breaking me. And so in turn, like, I projected onto my now wife. I projected onto my family. And I projected I, – I didn't treat myself well. I didn't treat my body well. Um, I, I just – I wasn't taking care of my mental. I didn't have the capacity to sit down and figure out why I was so unhappy. I just knew that I was unhappy. I, I couldn't put my hand on why. And then when I figured out why – I sought after I, I sought to fix fix it immediately. So I immediately went to HR. I immediately sought out mentors uh, to talk to me. You know, I immediately you know even as went as far as going to the hospital um, to get help because of how bad things had gotten. But it I didn't have the capacity for a year and a half, almost two years to to really figure it out because my head was so focused on I need to do better at work. I need to be a better wife. I need to stop being so angry. I need to do better at work. Like, I need to fix this. If I just do this one thing better, then my life will be better. If I just do this, then my life will be better. But the reality is it doesn't work like that. And now that I'm free from the job and I have time to really do the work on myself, I'm a lot happier and I do a lot less projecting. But that's it. Love you guys. Peace. Oh, that's so powerful. Just spoke her up. Yo, yo, I'm really happy to hear that, that Yo-Yo did that work, yo. Deadass, like, that's amazing. I'm sad to hear that, like, your boss was treating you like that, but hmm. I'm really happy to hear that that situation is done for you. I'm happy to hear that you took what you needed from it. Pain is often a tool. My friend Black says that all the time. Mm. Pain is a tool and it will show you. It'll either show you or break you and you have a decision (laughs) to make. And like, you know, you were in pain and you were like, how, what change do I make? And then also, how am I projecting and inflicting this onto other people? Mm -hmm. How do I stop? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. I love to hear it. I'm super proud of you. That's wonderful. Shout out to Yo-Yo. All right. And then finally, this one is two. They got cut off. So, or they called back. Hmm. Ready? Hi, ladies. Just want to start by saying how much I love you guys. I have listened to and binged all of you guys' episodes in the last few months. And you guys' conversations around healing and self-care and self-awareness has really changed my life. I love listening to you guys while I walk and work out. Um, I am listening to 
episode 234 about projection and this is such a beautiful conversation even especially like the last 20 minutes of it um i just had to say that you guys are putting into our awareness so much about how we handle each other in friendships through being vulnerable about you guys' own friendships, which we, we really appreciate that. Um, I do have to say, I think that it's funny that the conversation around awareness of... Her phone cut out. One second. Sorry, I got cut off. Something weird happened with my car. But um, I was just saying, I think that it's funny that even in internet saying that having the space to be self-aware and do this work is a privilege. I think it's funny that Shanti thinks that that word privilege doesn't belong there. Um, and that could be perceived as projection as well. I can definitely see where she's coming from in the sense that doing this hard work and coming to a place where you are self-aware and just really doing that shadow work is a privilege because when you're in a place of fight or flight, your mind never gets a chance to rest. And you cannot, you literally cannot do this work without resting your mind and sitting and reflecting. And I think that if everybody is honest about, you know, the journey they got to get here to a self-awareness space, they have to admit that they were in a place where they could not see themselves clearly. They could not see their lives clearly, even in some of those really toxic situations. So I just appreciate the nuance in you guys' conversation. I appreciate that you guys are friends who don't always have the same point of view, because oftentimes I find myself falling on both sides. I completely agree with Antoinette in saying that that's a privilege, um, because, but not in the sense that it's a privilege that cannot be attained. It's a privilege that everybody has the ability to obtain, but everybody does not have the opportunity in space. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. I love this podcast. Keep doing the work. Keep showing us ourselves through you guys, expressing and exposing yourselves in such a vulnerable way. Uh, we love you guys. This is Tori from Atlanta. Word. I guess it's worth it. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's worth it. Sometimes it feels um, you get, yeah, you cringe or you have to like, it, it's not an easy space to be in sometimes. But I, I, just hearing voicemails like that feels like, all right, it's worth it. We're doing it. And um, yeah, I appreciate all of the feedback. Same. Um, all right. Thank you. I think she said toy from Atlanta. Let's take a break. Atlanta. Come on back. Would you sing? After these messages, we'll be right back. That was jazzy. <laughs> Boop. And we are back. We want to give a shout out to all the lovers, to all those partaking in Valentine's Day and also all those that feel some grief and some sorrow and some sadness on this day. But we wanted to acknowledge the day 
And we wanted to talk about love and its many expressions. And who else do we go to but the God? Antoinette sent me an article by Esther Perel. She was like, yeah, 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 you make, <laughs> handle this real quick. Here it is. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like, and here's, here's I source. thought it was going to be, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I opened it up and I was like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. is a heavy hitter. And it's, <laughs> I think, such a beautiful, beautiful offering to everybody regardless if you're single or if you're coupled. And it's around eroticism. And the article is entitled, Why Eroticism Should Be Part of Your Self-Care Plan. And we will put a link to this in the description so you can read it as well. I'm going to take some excerpts from it. I'm not going to read it in its totality, but I'm going to do my best to share the essence of it from these excerpts. And Esther drops the fucking mic, a bomb on us in the first three sentences. Right. (laughs) She says, we carry the responsibility of our desire because desire is an expression of our free will. Mm. Nobody can force us to want. Mm. So if it is ours, then it's also our responsibility to activate it. Eroticism blooms from the tension between excitation. Is that how you say that word? Excite. Excitation. I'm going to go with it. Eroticism blooms from the tension between excitation and inhibition and manifests in the things. What? Excitation. Excitation? That Mm -hmm. is the. I have never heard that word before. And that is. Do you want me to define it? I just looked it up. Ready? The application of energy to a particle, object, or physical system. The action or state of exciting or being excited. All right, let me start over. This is her definition of eroticism. Would you say excitation? All right. Eroticism blooms from the tension between excitation. (laughs) All right, Monty, (laughs) cut that part out. This is it. This is no, it. No, that's like the best part to you. Don't cut it out, Chauncey, please. Eroticism <laughs> blooms from the tension between excitation and inhibition and manifests in the things we say and do by how we act and by how we think. We tend to think of eroticism as a sexual state shared by two or more people, but really it starts with the individual and requires practice eroticism isn't sex it's sexual it's it's sexuality transformed by the human imagination it's energized by our entire human experience layered with early childhood experiences of touch play or trauma which later become cornerstones of our erotic life and how do we access it Esther goes on to say, I often talk about how couples who are plagued by sexual boredom find themselves there because of a lack of vulnerability with their partners. Porn, toys, intense focus on a specific sweet spot followed by a quick finish. But to truly experience the benefits of eroticism, it can't be treated as a job. So why are we so quick to punch in and punch out? Are we afraid of what may happen when we slow down and really spend some quality time with ourselves? 
If we struggle with being inside our bodies, why do we take the time to explore them? Or for that matter, how could we ever feel safe to invite anyone else in? Many of us are so self-critical that we forget these internal wonders. And to begin your practice of eroticism, she offers, erotic self-care begins with diminishing our inner critic and giving ourselves simply the permission to feel beautiful, to enjoy our own company, to be more compassionate and realistic with ourselves without vacillating between excess and repression. Desire and self-worth go hand in hand. In order to want, we need to feel deserving. Mic drop. Esther going to sue us. Like, you just ah. went on here and read my whole article for your what? podcast. <laughs> I think it's really important to go through all those touchstones because I think that for me up until two days ago, when, when you sent this to me so much, when you think about the erotic, it automatically goes to this sexual experience. Mm-hmm. It, it My mind goes to like an inhibited expression of that sexuality inhibited or uninhibited expression of that sexuality and i think that what she is inviting us to consider is that eroticism is aliveness what makes your cheeks flush what makes you smile what makes you excited what makes you feel pleasure Mm. What is it outside of this beginning and end orgasm, you know, and the expectation of it and like the quick finish, as she calls it, versus this thing that we are in practice of daily, that is something that we practice privately, but also it doesn't have to be. It could be something that it's, you know, um, a public expression of that. I also don't and think she, it has to be related to sex, right? Uh, no, it doesn't. It What makes you excited? It could be the sun on your skin. It could right. be listening to Buster Rhymes. It could be watering mm. your plants. Like, it's completely disconnected. Not disconnected, but it's not the only space that that happens. And I love that she talks about it coming from... Uh, Our earliest expressions of of that are layered with early childhood experience Mm -hmm. of touch and play. And so I wanted to begin this conversation with you to talk about who were your first examples of folks that were alive, that savored pleasure, that had joy, that even if they were sexual it wasn't shrouded in shame or like something that you do behind closed doors or in this prescription of like what is, you know, um, appropriate, if you will. Hmm. My my first example of it, huh? Of people, yeah. And maybe it was TV. Maybe it was somebody that you didn't know. Maybe it was... It's hard to go back to the... I, I I'm skimming my childhood and, and for those of folks who are just joining us, the way she talked about it being layered with that kind of childhood stuff. My childhood got fucked up a little bit with, with the 
the sexual abuse that I experienced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know that everybody said I was a really happy, free, smiley kid. I believe it. Um, I remember being it. I'm trying to think of who was an example of that. Well, that would be, that'll be the next question, but I know I'm trying to think of how I, where I got that, like the example of it. I think about my dad. I think about my dad when he would play Mm. music and dance around Mm -hmm. the house. He would be in this, he was probably high as shit, but he, he was in this state of just bliss. He was so happy. And sometimes he'd pick me and my sister up and swing us around. Um, I have vivid memories of that. I have vivid memories of him playing like the Bartman, do the Bartman, of him playing Funkadelics, Atomic mm. Dog, of him, because mm. he was a DJ too, him playing Prince, um, and just mm. being really joyous, and also him playing basketball. Like, him on the court, he was like a little kid. Um, and I remember seeing him so happy and that made me really happy. I think with my mom, I didn't see it as much cause she worked nights. And when I did see her, she was often stressed, but the moments that I did see, I see it now more where my mom is childlike mm-hmm. <laughs> now where I'm like, yo, grow up. But <laughs> <laughs> I, when she, when I guess growing up, when she would sing, when she would have like those moments of singing her little, her Barbara Streisand, it was always around music, her Roberta Flack and her Celine Dion. That was like her jam. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think similarly it was around intoxication for my parents specifically that I would see them let loose. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad, who's a Virgo, very, shy, reserved, calculated man would take up so much space and talk and Mm. laugh. And, you know, that's when I would see him and my mother really interact in a way that felt like slightly normal. Mm -hmm. But I think my greatest example, I don't think they were my best examples. I don't think that they exemplified that and like, centered that i think my best example would be my godmom shout out to the taurus a taurus nigga loves their pleasure and sensuality she didn't have children and she didn't have a partner so perhaps that was perhaps that gave her the space to fuck with herself the way that i that i saw but my mother who was very like like she wouldn't spend money she was very tight Kutia was bought herself beautiful things she was eating out she was the first to talk about sexuality in the way and and men in a way very candidly with me and free with me where I was like oh like she has some control she has some say so and she was always herself with whoever she was around to there which often would cause conflict as well because who she was and and how she interacted with people would they would butt heads but I remember being like wow she's like she's showing up 
differently. And it was, she she was fun to be around. Yeah. I felt like I could be free and like I could want things. I could want to purchase stuff. She wasn't going to be like, no. Shame. What makes me go to how we were responded to as children when we expressed or requested our desires be heard or met. And children, babies, all they know how to do is get their motherfucking desires met. Like you're, <laughs> you come into this world yeah. wanting to feel safe, to feel good, to be warm, to be loved, to be nourished all the way up until it's snuffed out somehow or like I don't know I don't know exactly what happens but I remember I do remember you telling me and I can see it in your way of being that you were probably a very vivacious like there's some kids you know those kids that are like <laughs> here yeah and the I, response that they get from parents or people is very interesting yeah I think Listen, when she said desire is an expression of our free will, nobody can force us to want, I was like, whoa. And and now I'm thinking about that free will. My sister has always said, you are always a very free spirit. I was rambunctious. <laughs> I don't know if I, if it was like a, I need to get my needs met kind of thing. Cause I knew better than that to just be asked, you know, I knew to stay in that lane, but I needed to be whatever I, it was that I was. And it was, it was frowned upon a little bit less with my dad where he would let me cook. And then he'd be like, all right, now you're doing a little relax. Now you're doing too much, have a seat, whatever it is. But I didn't, for whatever reason, then I didn't care for whatever reason, then I still showed up as that. Um, I was still very expressive. And I, in a different way than I am now, I can sit in, behind a mic and talk and I can talk to people, but there's still so much expression in me that I feel is stifled. Mm. Um, and I don't know where that happened. I I think it happened as, adulthood came and it was like, there's no time for this. This is not a joke. This is not time for play. Like you gotta actually build your fucking life. What are you doing? And the play, that's why like when she said, you know, nobody can force us to want, this is attached to your desire, your expression of free will. It's like that, that is the thing that's I think missing from me. It's like I can Is do the sense of knowing what your desires are. No, no, I know what they are. It's I've learned how to express them in a way that feels quote unquote responsible mm. and suitable. You know, I've learned to, for example, like this, this is a way I express myself when I'm used to singing down the street. I'm used to going to dance class and being big. I'm used to that energy, just like mm-hmm. being big. Yeah. I'm you, I was, I've, come on. I was in fucking musical theater. I hated how big the other people were. I was like, y'all are crazy. This is annoying. And maybe I was projecting like, whoa, I'm annoying and crazy too. 
But there was a point where I think at Kappa, it, w- it was like a pinnacle. I reached like this place where I felt really free mm-hmm. because there was all of this outlet of like, oh, we can just be here, whatever you know, it is. Kappa is a creative and performing arts school for those that you oh, don't yes. know. It had- That's where we met. Theater, music, instrumental writing, and traditional Dr- like fine yeah. arts. And you, for kids that are coming of age and coming into their being, what a place to be. Yeah. To try on different expressions of yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to school- and it was still a liberal arts school. I had I had a lot of shit I had to get done, but there was still this outlet. There was still this arts outlet. And then it, it turned into, okay, now time to be this adult. And it was like, okay, how do I still express myself through Around the Way Curls, which is great, but there's other forms. Like my wilder impulses are in check and I need to get wild again. Mm-hmm. I feel that when I travel. I feel freed up differently. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. Okay. I've, there's a new. Did word I actually going answer around. your question? I don't think you answered when <laughs> you when it snuffed out. But I I think about when I had to be when, an adult. I think about kids. I mean, it's the adult thing, but I think about the conditioning of children in general. I see myself as a parent. Just like you said, Jolie, clean the bathroom or yeah, clean the bathroom, clean the kitchen. She's in the kitchen screaming, she's singing, she's twirling around, she's completely activated in her body Mm -hmm. and like not wiping down the motherfucking stove and and, and, and how many times, stop, be quiet. Finish the kitchen. Like, it's 8 o'clock. You got to go to bed. Like, of course, there's a time and place for everything. But what is being communicated to kids? Then they go to school. And then you're in these spaces of, like, sit down, do your work, focus, study. There's very little space for that type of uninhibited aliveness. And parents will be the first people to tell you, like, oh, you can't settle down. Like, get it together. Mm-hmm. Get it together. Settle down. Be quiet. Be presentable. Um, and God forbid if your expression is different from what is the norm, if you're a young black boy who's like loving to sing and dance and twirl and is alive in a dress, God forbid. Yeah. Like the the ways in which we are tightened and tr- told to shrink, and especially if, again if we don't have people in our lives that are even feeling any kind of pulse of life in themselves, it's 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 easy for it to be a you know um, yeah not something that we grow up to to even center. It's also something that becomes a reward. At the end, like you can get free once you've done this certain task. And so like there, your full expression of yourself, your aliveness, your joy, your having your pleasures met, start getting entwined with all these codependent um, things that that are outside of yourself. And I think about how the the settings where we're allowed to be 
wild are like, if you're intoxicated, if you're at a party, if you're in these contained spaces where then it's allowed to happen versus like you said, you down the street, like wildin' or, you know, I, f- I feel like that's a one expression. Some people may not find joy and aliveness in that, but it it becomes this outside of myself is the only way. And when I'm in these certain settings, it was the only way that I can have my pleasure met. Once it's the weekend, that's when Mm -hmm. I can give myself a time to prioritize, you know, uh, pleasure and joy. And only to go back to what she was saying with a partner, is it something that can, can, I can only feel alive if it's in relationship to somebody else, which has been fucking my head up. And I'm partnered. This idea that only this codependency loop that then happens of like, I don't feel alive in myself. Why isn't this other person making me feel alive? Mm -hmm. And then you start projecting onto this other person of giving them this deep responsibility for you Mm -hmm. to activate your desire as she said. And it just, it's just wild. I I know it from myself that it's like, I need others and I need a setting in order to feel um, like I have permission to, to feel pleasure, to feel aliveness versus prioritizing it um, every day. How do you, how do you feel about that in terms of your own codependent loop if you have one oh I think um hmm I think I don't know I don't know because I I'm not partnered everybody knows I haven't been for quite some time and so I think I've been a bit forced to try to explore my desires with myself by going on like a solo trip, you know, by going on these solo dates. I think I said, I did say to you before, I don't know if I was partnered, if I'd still be doing that though. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But do these solo trips and all of these solo things, do they bring you joy? Do they make you feel alive or are they just like the trips? Placebo? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the the solo outing does, but sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm being completely honest, no. Sometimes it's like I I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to share something with someone. And I but I do think it's it's tricky cuz that can overshadow mm-hmm. the actual joy. You have to remind yourself to be present and and feel the joy instead of thinking about all the, the what's not there. Um I think for me, I look outside of my everyday life to find, mm-hmm. to be, to, to find my desire or to, um, to, ex- to experience it, to, to fulfill it. I can't tell you how many days have gone by where I finally live alone, right? I said that that was a goal of mine so that I could sing. How often am I am I singing in here? Mm. 
Mm. I'm, you know, you get boggled down with the other stuff. And that's why I'm like, it being connected to your free will, do you feel free? Like there's a freedom in, in the erotic. And that erotic is like you wanting to live, to feel, to express, to to experience. And so I have that in me. I just, I would have to work it out with the fucking therapist as to why it's right there and I'm not accessing it. Is my conditioning, is that condition? The even now, you know, it's accessible to me. It's right there. I feel it. I I, I will say that I do feel it in my morning walks. I do feel it in my yoga classes and things like that. But that other thing is just like, why? Anyway, go ahead. When we did the um, episode about... what we, uh, capitalism is sex. I don't remember the exact. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is capitalism ruining your sex life? I really do think that we have been taught and we have been dulled to think that aliveness has to be attached to productivity and performance in a way. It's like something that's like, you know, I'm playing the piano and somebody and and we have to like share it on TikTok or I'm like mm-hmm. how many morning wake ups and meditate videos and lighting a candle do we have to see mm-hmm. of people like performing this thing or again this addiction to um or this critique of discipline in a certain kind of way like I'll find my aliveness if every day I'm going to sing a, a song and then that's yeah. how I'm going to. I, my aliveness is in, you know, writing for five hours a day. And for some people that is like Toni Morrison in the episode before, like that's her sacred space. That mm-hmm. is the thing that makes her feel in her body. And she loved that. But she said whether or not her shit was ever going to be read or not. Like she was going to center yeah. that. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like there, the, um, there's all of these placebos of joy that we don't even know if that shit really makes us happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's all a, does going out on a date on yourself with yourself really make you happy? Does mm-hmm. doing yoga and meditating and eating well, Every single day make you happy? No, maybe it's like, I really, when I fuck with myself, like I'm treating myself to a piece of pie and that makes my my cheeks flush and like, I love how my body feels. And that's your discovery and that's your expression and that is a part of your work and a part of your self-care. And I don't know, I just feel like I can't disconnect um, capitalism and performance <laughs> and productivity from what we think is supposed to make us feel good. How many times I have a moment to myself in, in having these dates with myself, I'm realizing of like, girl, you don't know what the fuck you like or want for real, mm. for real, because I'll go out and I'll be like, my first thing is like, oh, I'm gonna get my nails done. 
then you get your nails done. It's like, okay, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go thrifting. I'm going to go shopping. And like, those are cool, but it is connected to me buying some, consuming, consuming. in a way too. Like what happens if I don't have any fucking money? Then there's no joy, space of joy or like pleasure in my life. Of course, you know, within reason, nobody needs to be broke or like have to experience that. But it's been really interesting for me to be having these dates and realizing how disconnected and how unexplored I am from pleasure and what excites mm. me and she gets gives, me going she gives an example of running your hands from your wrists as slowly as you possibly can from your wrist to your elbow she being esther esther and then she says do it again but slower and just see how you feel mm-hmm. and it's like taking that time i also thought I I loved this thing that I saw where somebody was like would you still go if you couldn't post it Mm -hmm. I was like yo I fucking love that that's it it's um yeah what you're saying the are you performing it or does it really I I think we're so convoluted and so wrapped up in performance of wellness and and happiness and pleasure that we I don't even know if we always know but I've I know I've spent enough time in this goddamn house alone that I I at least know what I want to do that brings me pleasure alone that I don't have to spend any money on but if I had a full day to myself where like I could go out in the world why wouldn't I go to an arcade I've been wanting to go to this arcade for mad long for real? and I haven't gone yeah it's like a whole, you know, gladiators. Internet. Remember the show gladiators? It's like that. I've asked Jade to go. I've asked Angie to go. I've asked so many people to go. And they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. And nobody can ever do it. Why haven't I just went? Asked Mandy why, to go. Why haven't you gone? I don't know. She's- I just feel like this is a group activity. I want to do this with somebody. I want to, am I going to be like the creep in there with a, by myself? <laughs> the fucking arcade? Will Maybe. it be as fun? Yeah, if it's making you excited, if it's turning you on in a way, if it's like, yo, this is, I love this shit. I could play Pac-Man for five hours by myself. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I guess, does it? I probably just need to go take a dance class of an honesty. But I, these are the things that are accessible to me that I always am like, like you I want to do with somebody I want to share the experience but why I mean I get the why but also can you do it yourself I don't know why not questions that need answers so what she goes on to say um how we can access the erotic in our own lives and like you and I, perhaps what are some practices for us to begin to explore what our desires are, what turns us on? And she asked that very question, what turns us on? This was really interesting and insightful for me because I have, when I went to Atlanta and I was all worked up, I went mm-hmm. and I got a, a a sex journal. 
and they ask what turns you on. It's a whole beautiful prompted journal. I, I, um, I don't have it in this moment, but it's a beautifully prompted journal. And I have been very resistant to, f- to finish completing this journal. Mm. I do not like answering the questions. And after listening, reading Esther Perel, I went back and I opened up the journal and I looked at my prompts and the prompt was what turns you on be as explicit and as detailed as possible. And so my mind immediately went to sexual stuff before reading this by Esther. And so I was writing down, you know, all the things that turned me on sexually. And I immediately noticed that all of it was about somebody else doing something to me Mm. or coming to me in a way. There's... Why doesn't me going to someone else, asking for some something from someone, doing something to somebody else with consent? I didn't. I, I was just like, girl, that's not even in there. Or which is such coming a, going to yourself. I'm sorry. Or like going to yourself, no? Or going to myself. Okay. Or going to myself, but it was always this passive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. again, not me really showing any desire of me activating and initiating. I think that's the word initiating. And I was like, wow, this is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but if it was really interesting and I still don't have, I think in this moment, if I were to ask myself what turn me, turns me on, I would go again to like um, discovery of a city, like meandering, having free time where I'm not obligated to anybody else. Trying on clothes. I think clothes and dressing up is very much a part of something that, I, that I'm excited by. Um, good food good conversation with people like falling into a day meeting new people dancing are things that turn me on warm weather swimming are things that really excite me um and creative stuff is also really exciting coming up with different ideas seeing different possible possibilities and connecting that with other people that I know that can be a part of that feels exciting and something that I don't always uh prioritize or it somehow gets wrapped up and strangled by productivity and performance but how about you what turns me on? Mm-hmm. What makes you feel alive, joyful? Um, I'm not like you in the sense of everything is somebody's doing something to me. That doesn't turn me on. I just noticed in my, when I looked at rewriting it, it was like, oh, oh. But anyway, go ahead. Um, What turns me on? I'm a a lady Libra, so I like atmosphere. I like a clean space. I like an orderly space. Um, lighting, 
I don't know, like a, a, a really bright light turns me off unless it's the sun. But like, I like a space that feels organized. <laughs> that sounds, that probably sounds ridiculous, Mm-mm. but no, I, that it's something that's like, Ooh, if I, and like beautiful furniture, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my God. And like, it like lovely taste and just decor. I'm like, oh wow, this is great. And I immediately like feel at home, like, oh, and I'm very curious about where the things came from and how they were crafted. Um so that's something. Um music, especially mm-hmm. live music. Mm-hmm. Um dancing, mm-hmm. like sweating. Sweating specifically and dancing and laughing and cackling. As of recent, uh, edibles. I know that's motherfucking right. Absolutely. My bath. Mm -hmm. A nice bath every day. Um, Slowly, but surely, as I'm getting into the habits of Dr. Huberman, that morning walk. Um, Cuddling. Mm-hmm. I love that physical touch is big wrestling like cracking up laughing and wrestling with someone um because I can be very random and just like tackle people I think we covered that that I can just tackle people randomly um riding around um and getting it for the nine nine and the two <laughs> riding around and listening to music, especially mm-hmm. late in the city when not many people are out. Um, and these are things that you would do solo as well that would have the same give the same life. Well, to obviously you. not re- wrestling solo. Oh well, but <laughs> cuddling solo, not quite. Blue is cool, but she ain't all that. Um. <laughs> Yeah, some of them. I think solo, it's it can be different. Solo is, you know, bath time or somebody in the tub if we our asses can fit. Sure. Um, traveling, I said. I also would say, um, being on top, having sex, oral sex, giving oral sex. I really enjoy miss it and enjoy it quite a, quite a bit but it does like me being in a in a position of it's not power but it's um submission receiving submission, giving aggressive yeah receiving is fine but i like to be able to i yeah to i guess to submit to someone in that way um and then to like that interaction of like what feels good to them and like figuring it out and knowing that like I'm a part of that feels really good. And then I don't know. Yeah. Waking up with blue, if I'm being honest at this point. And when she's doing her weird shit in the morning, staring in my face or when she comes and like puts her sleeps on me, I'm like, oh, my God, my baby. Um, yeah, those things, they might not sound erotic, but they, or I, I don't know if I, 
um, acknowledge them as like desires or give them the weight that they deserve maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in conversation now, sure. But like the things that I do give weight when it comes to desire that are like on the forefront of my mind is travel, traveling specifically with a partner. You didn't um, say si- singing or music. Is that is that really something that makes you feel alive? Yeah, but it's also attached to so much other stuff for me that right now it just, I think, feels like something I got to work through. So right now it doesn't make me feel alive. It makes me feel terrified, defeated, shameful. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I got to unpack that shit. But sure, sometimes, yeah, like I I still do that. I, I think that's a given, but it is attached to a whole bunch of other stuff. This other stuff isn't attached to anything. I didn't say working out either because that's attached to shame as Hmm. well. It's sometimes it's completely blissful. Other times it's rooted in punishing myself. Yeah. She says desire and self-worth go hand in hand. Yeah. So the unraveling of that feels. Yeah. I'm a, I'm at least aware of it now. Yeah. But still working through it. I'm just observing it at this point. Well, Hopefully, you listeners have been able to identify things that make you feel alive, that are connected to desire and your pleasure and your self-worth. And I hope that all of us prioritize it because I think pleasure isn't something that we are rewarded at the end after we work hard, after we sacrifice, after we um, do all the things. It's an afterthought. I think it's. I think it should be a real priority. And I wonder how all of our lives transform, and how I think when you put pleasure on the forefront, it demands that you do an inventory of your interior world because it's it when when we put pleasure first it will trigger all of the shit inside of us perhaps insecurity shame Mm. whatever the dark things that that keep us inhibited inhibited girl inhibited yes keep us inhibited and restricted and ask us to shrink ourselves. But when we prioritize it, we have to kind of come head to head with those things and work through them. And hopefully, as Esther offers, we can manage it in a space of compassion and kindness and um, deep self-regard. And I think it should become our, our, our guide and I think is very, very close to our relationship with God as well as we learn to like, yeah, get big and f- feel good about ourselves and make it a, a daily, daily uh, priority and be examples to our children and our partners and other people 
in our life as well. I, I can only imagine what it can unlock for for lots of people. So I'm not gonna yell at JoJo when she's singing. I'm gonna give her. I'm gonna let her cook for a little bit. Celebrate it. Belt it out. You feel good? Does that feel good in your body? Does it make you feel excited? You know, that's that is. Imagine if you heard that growing up. Erotic. That is important, Joe. Like that means everything. Nobody can make you feel that way, and nobody should be able to take it away from you. Like that is yours and yours only. And yeah, it opened me up once I realized that erotic eroticism isn't just about sex. Um, shout you out to Esther. Oh, you knew that though before this. You just needed to be. I didn't have the language for it. Yeah, you needed to be reminded. You know the power of the erotic. You know pleasure activism. You know right, 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 right. You know I forgot real quick. We got to be reminded. This shit is cyclical. You get over one hump and then the other hump reappears. Well, fuck. I, I thought <laughs> I thought I was healed. <laughs> gotta keep healing forever i have to maintain this lifestyle i gotta keep centering myself in the cruel joke god see see white jesus (laughs) 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 let me go pick that book up now i'm mad i too have not forgiven jesus (laughs) (laughs) what if that was the name of the episode they would wow that would be great i think that's good I don't know if we should get do the that. people going. No, it's this provocative had to do with that. That's up to you. Anyway, thank you for this. I think I, I also I don't know if I gave you all the energy that I could today. I'm I'm still in my sadness. So maybe I could have showed up differently. Maybe this is something for us to revisit. I don't I think know. It's okay. okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> okay. I think it'll be all right. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, we are out. You have just heard an Around Away Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around Away Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>